Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 90. Can you believe I've done 90 of these things? <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, enjoy the show. What? Welcome to the show. What? <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy it, I suppose. Today on the show is Syntax, and we'll be talking to him in just a minute once I get through all the Beyond Synth business, and we're going to listen to some cool tracks, as always. And also, as always, Beyond Synth is brought to you by DownToJam.com, a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. If you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this site and sign up. DownToJam.com. And Beyond Synth is also brought to you by Valingo.com. You love the Drive soundtrack. Even after five years, you probably still play it a couple times a month. You've probably memorized every colorful synth and ecstatic arp in every nook and cranny of every song. And the vocals? Those gorgeous vocals. But do you know the story behind the album and what the artists think of it now? What impact did Drive have on the lives of College, Electric Youth, Johnny Jewell, and Cliff Martinez? For that matter, how did Drive change the careers of musicians like Miami Nights 1984, Mathelvin, Profiles, and Highway Superstar? You can find out all that and more at Velingo.com, your place for all those things that make you dance, cry, and fall in love, where big-time composers hang out with up-and-coming producers go to drive at five dot com that's d-r-i-v-e a-t F-I-V-E dot com. That was me spelling out drive at five dot com, which is where you should go. And if there's any confusion, there shouldn't be. <laughs> I just realized if I went on to explain this in more detail, that would just create confusion. And I do not want to create confusion. So go to drive at five dot com, which will basically link you to Valengo.com. But drive at five dot com is a lot easier to spell. D-R-I-V-E. A-T-F-I-V-E. If I tried to spell... If, if, if I tried to spell Violingo. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a song. We, we got a premiere today. How about that? That's exciting. This is a track by Vampire Stepdad. He's got an album coming out February the 10th, which is in a week, I guess. Or two weeks? A week? It's whenever the... 10th of February happens, and uh, it uh, sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool album. He sent me some tracks. This is the one I'm going to play today, so this is an exclusive premiere of Vampire Stepdad's track, The Proposal.
And that was The Proposal by Vampire Stepdad off the album Love Bites, which comes out February the 10th, so look out for that. And of course, you are listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. You can follow Beyond Synth on uh, Facebook. That's facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. Please follow the Facebook and like it. Uh, it makes me feel good inside. There's also soundcloud.com slash beyond hyphen synth. Now that is where all the Beyond Synth episodes get posted. So that's a great thing to follow as well. You can keep up to date with all the awesome Beyond Synth that is coming out. And of course, uh, Beyond Synth airs every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what that is. You got to do the math. And that's on power85.com. And you can follow Power85 Radio on Twitter. And uh, Power85 plays 24 hours a day synthwave music and occasionally stops when this show comes on. And that is at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I think there's also a replay at Saturdays at 1 p.m. I think that still is happening. Hey, let's go to the mail sack. Be faithful listeners writing to the show, hoping that you know. All right, guys, the mail sack is when people write in questions to Beyond Synth, and I answer them. The mail sack. Today, I'm on Twitter right now as I record the show, and I said, hey, send me some questions, so I'm just going to go through these real quick, because we don't have a lot of time today. So, Crockett says, how big is your sack for the mail? It's about what you would imagine Santa Claus's sack would be. And just as magical, because you know how Santa Claus, he's got that bag, but it seems like it's endless, almost as if there's like a portal at the bottom of the bag that leads straight to the North Pole. Well, my bag also leads straight to the North Pole, and um, you can extrapolate the pun from that if you dare, Jason Tamam... Okay, I don't even know how to say your last... Jason Tamamaji... Jason Tamamaji. I see you all the time on Twitter, but I've never actually said your name out loud. Or is it Tamamaggi? Tamamaggi? Jason Tamamaggi. Jason Tamamaggi. Jason asks, what's your favorite invertebrate? And invertebrates, of course, are animals lacking a backbone, such as an anthropod, mollusk, annelid, colentrate, etc. The invertebrates constitute an artificial division of the animal kingdom, comprising 95% of animal species and about 30 different phyla. Well, that is the definition of invertebrate. I can go to Wikipedia here and see if they give me a list. Insects? Mollusks, that's like snails. Ooh, I'm not too fond of crustaceans or spiders. Velvet worms? These all suck. Alright, there's your answer. (laughs) I don't care for any invertebrates. Fucking wasps. Hate those things. Dakota Sada says, My question is, why haven't you played any Dakota Sada on the show? Ha, great show. And this is, of course, shameless promotion for some artist called Dakota Sada. I'm going to click on his SoundCloud now, and I will tell you why I don't play this on the show. I'm listening right now. You can't hear it. (laughs) In my earphones, I just went to Dakota Sada's SoundCloud page, and it sounds okay. Maybe I will play some Dakota Sada in the future, buddy. Uh, This track, A Firing Squad of One, seems kind of cool. It's got sort of a uh, new wave 
pop feel to it with some vocals in there. So yeah, maybe I will. Huh? So fucking take that to the bank. <laughs> anyway, that's the mail sack for <laughs> what a terrible segment. Uh, let's listen to some music right now. Um, what do I got here? We are going to listen to a cool track by Dream Fiend. This track is called Starcade.
And that was Starcade by Dream Fiend off the Starcade EP. And that's a cool song. I just ate one of them arrow chocolates, but the ones that come in, they're just like a little ball of arrow, mint arrow. And uh, it went down the wrong way, and I was like coughing and choking. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> that's the mood I went in right before I started recording the show. Is I was just sitting there choking in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got to record. And then I... <laughs> The kitchen in my lavish Beyond Synth studio. Okay, we're going to talk to Syntax in just a bit, and uh, I think i got time for one more track, but before that, let's go to the Patreon. Alright guys, we don't have a lot of time today, so I'm going to go through the list really quickly. I don't want to bore people with this segment, but I also want to let people know that I appreciate them donating to the show. On the Patreon page, if you don't know what Patreon is, that's a way to donate to Beyond Synth. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Uh, higher donations have different sort of uh, rewards. Uh, all shitty. But basically, it's just a way to support the show. So uh, it doesn't matter how much you donate. Uh, every little bit helps. And we've got some goals to reach that, uh, you know, once we hit those milestones, we can make the show even uh, bigger and better. Of course, for the people who donate a dollar a month, it does say on the web Website, it's a one-time shout-out. But since the Patreon started and I wanted to really um, acknowledge all the people who donate to the show, I've been reading every single person who donates on Beyond Synth. At some point, I might have to stop doing that because it does make this segment like 10 minutes long every time I do it. But I will still find time to mention everybody on the list and stuff like that too. I just don't want people to feel bad because I really do appreciate them donating to the show. But there might come a time where the Patreon segment cannot be 20 minutes of the show like that can't 20 minutes of the show can't be me reading names like it's <laughs> but at the same time i appreciate those people so it puts me in a weird position so maybe i'll do like a you know like the five dollar and the ten dollar donors they get an every week mention but the one dollar donors maybe i do every other week or every third week or something like that because i do want to make sure that everyone does get acknowledged for donating to the show because i appreciate it and now let's read the list of my lovely Patterson's. There's Power 85. There's Brendan Kellum. Ravonia. Bending Unit 22. Lunar Baboon. Knox Bello. Terrence Thompson. Nathan Winter. Russ Nyes. Data Suck. Seach. The Fear Merchant. Kanaz. Argen 1981. Russell Hugo. New Get Ninja. Kyle. Night Raptor. Mitch Wiseman. Katner. Girls with Tails, Zikarax, I90RR, Python Blue, Eric Valerio, Tomasz Bubinicek, Common Synths, Chris Schmokel, and now let's go to my $5 Pattersons. There's Kai, Saloya, Lucas, Ceballos, X-Riz Music, Joe and Lando, Roman, Devious Raven, Bobby B, John, Eternal, Will Lowe, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory, Replicant 81, Florence Bullock, Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Hellroy, and then we go to my $10 donors. There's Jake Last, 
Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Jacob Wick, Fraser Davidson, Victor Garza, and we got two new ones. We got Ezra Van Dam and Winfield. So thanks, guys, for donating to the show. Lovely new $10 Pattersons, Winfield and Ezra Van Dam. You guys seem pretty cool to me and cool to everyone else because your support of Beyond Synth is awesome. So thanks new donors to Beyond Synth and thank you all the donors to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. And if you want to donate to Beyond Synth, go to patreon.com slash beyond synth. And now let's listen to a cool track. This is by Fictions off the Mother Russia Bleeds video game soundtrack. And this song is fucking cool. This is called Final Forces.
And that was Final Forces by Fictions off the mu- mu- <laughs> off the Mother Russia Bleeds soundtrack. That's a video game. It's a side-scrolling brawler. It's right up my alley, but I haven't played it yet. Maybe I can petition those guys to send me a free download code because I'm cheap. <laughs> But I would actually like to play it. It looks pretty cool. You know, I have this arcade controller now, and I'm looking for uh, kind of new brawler experiences because uh, that's my favorite genre to play, and it's fun to play with an arcade controller. Anyways, guys, let's go to my conversation with Syntax. And remember that uh, this episode is brought to you by DriveAt5.com. Check it out. It's a cool website. And now, here is my conversation with Syntax. All right, and I am here with Syntax, a.k.a. James Mann. How's it going? Hey, not too bad, Andy. What's shaking this morning? Uh, not too much. It's the afternoon for me. Oh, that's right. Dude, when you're on Cali time, you're so out of touch, but at any rate, I got my coffee, so things are good. I'm just hanging. Nice to be on the show. And you're in uh, San Diego. I am in sunny San Diego. It's actually not so sunny right now, but I, uh, I wore a tank top yesterday if that gives you any jealousy or indicator (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do like to wear tank tops (laughs) sure in in, uh sub-zero temperatures it's awesome (laughs) love it i'd look like such an asshole in a tank top (laughs) you would (laughs) you imagine being that guy down the street everyone's like pissed off on monday cold and freezing and there's this dude in a freaking tank top (laughs) they might like envy you as much as they hate you so you'd be all right with that right uh i don't know man i want to be loved There you go. <laughs> I don't want people hating me on the street for no reason. Right. Maybe there's people do anyways. They listen to the podcast and are like, what the fuck's up with this guy? That must happen. <laughs> I haven't got it yet. It's not popular enough. <laughs> it's not popular. You know you've made it when there's like people, you know, stopping you saying, dude, you suck. Yeah. Here's why. You're like, oh, I'm popular. <laughs> Whenever I walk down the street and just like a car drives by and just like, hey, yeah. fuck you, buddy. <laughs> then you know you made it, man. You don't even like get offended at that. It's an indicator that you're actually listened to. And that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's like better than nothing. Yeah, man. People got to hear my important opinions. Totally. So you actually, I was eating some bacon earlier mm-hmm. and um, that's super important to me. I, I was telling you that actually a friend of mine gave me a bacon calendar. It's called I Love Bacon, the 2016 wall calendar. And I, I look at it all the time. Oh, I thought, <laughs> you know what I just thought? <laughs> What's that? When you said that bacon calendar, <laughs> you know when your brain just decides something that you don't even really think about is just the dumbest idea and I just thought it was real? I thought it was an advent calendar. Oh my god, seriously. Where you would like open up a little door and there'd be a piece oh. of bacon. Oh my god, would that be... <laughs> That would be freaking genius, dude. Dude, and not too far off from there, do you realize they have a bacon alarm clock where it it cooks the bacon in conjunction with a freaking clock? And when the alarm goes off, you just open up the drawer and it's like crispy bacon. Oh, is that true? Yeah, yeah. I almost ordered it. Oh, that's that seems like a good idea for house fires. It's right. It's a little disturbing. The smells everywhere. But no, this this calendar is pretty cool. But I think the advent one is, is genius. Remember, as a kid, you used to open up and... I'd always go like 10 days ahead and eat all the chocolate, and my mom got pissed. Like, this is the last time I'm ever fucking buying you one of these. 
there could be a bacon advent calendar, but it would just be bad unless like it was in little like airtight baggies. Right. Or if it was like bacon chocolate, you know, you could have the best of both worlds. Or just have a like an advent calendar that's the size of a wall so that each opening (laughs) is like like a foot by a foot so that there is like a whole plate of bacon inside. Oh, man, dude, that's like that'd be an amazing art installation. (laughs) (laughs) It would. I can like actually see that happening. It's like, you know, bacon, the multifaceted food. Bacon is pretty delicious. It is. It is. So I wanted to just read a couple of uh, things. It's actually in front of me right now. You know, it simply states meals without bacon aren't worth eating. Bacon has an IQ of over 200. And uh, 70% of all bacon in the U.S. is eaten at breakfast time. So I guess you have bacon carbonara, right? I'm just trying to think of dinner meals that involve bacon. (laughs) Well, actually, I remember that uh, you you created a video with that. And I think that was part of it. Yeah, with (laughs) Vincenzo's uh, carbonara (laughs) recipe. That thing went like viral, dude. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that is actually like one of my most watched things. I just I just uploaded it to YouTube, and I'll have like ten hits. But the Facebook <laughs> one has like a, a like lot 10, more. Well, it, it was shot really well. Like that's that's what's cool. So you know, I'm a cameraman and for news, and I'm editing all the time. And I noticed the cuts were solid. Like you got the sequencing down, you got the lighting down. It was actually well produced. So I was curious. You know, I'll turn the tables and ask you. I mean, you obviously have experience with. Uh, editing and yep i do nice <laughs> yeah you're like well duh dude look at the video <laughs> that's it man i let the work speak for itself no that's cool I, yeah no no i i uh, i do uh, video things i'm trying to i say this on like every show for the past like four <laughs> years but like i am i am slowly working away at like a, a pitch idea for like a robot show which is gonna look kind of like that cooking show like the same style right but that's uh, that's a story for another day what do you shoot on i'm just curious that's just the video that's uh where's my camera it's like a DSLR? No, actually. I used to have a DSLR, but the thing was, I didn't like shooting with it. Even though I appreciate that, you know, you can swap the lenses and you can get a very filmic look. Totally. I don't like the shape. Hmm. I'm way more of a handheld camcorder guy, like I always have been. Nice. I like holding camcorders. I like my hand at the side and like the fucking Velcro strap and stuff. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and... When I tried to use a DSLR, even though it was producing a good image, right. I just didn't like holding it. Mm. it. It was it was just really weird. I didn't I didn't like using it. So eventually I was just like, well they must still make camcorders, right? Like I thought because it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like everyone was going the DSLR route who were making like short films and stuff. Oh yeah. So I got a Sony uh this is a HDR CX900 Handycam. Nice. It's a pretty good camera. It's cool because it's got like a big chip. It's got like a one inch chip. So actually, I think with a firmware upgrade, it also has like a 4K model, which basically uses the same chip at the back because it's so big. I almost think you could just hack this one because I just have like the 1080p version. Right. It's like I feel like you could just hack it to be 4K, but I'm not a camera hacker. Hey, well, you know, 1080 looks great. And it's like cameras, the the issue that sort of I've seen that that DSLRs kind of help out with this is the light uh, availability. You know, a lot of times when you shoot in darker conditions, like with my camera, uh, you know, I have to gain up. And so you always lose a little, you compromise a little bit. But man, these cameras are crazy. They'll shoot crystal clear images with fairly low light sources. So anyway, that was pretty cool and dramatic. And uh the light thing going on in each shot. I was kind of chuckling because I was like, there isn't one shot that isn't like lit. 
You know, and I love that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I love uh, the whole joke because I just shot that myself. I mean, that's the nice thing about camcorders as well. Is, is right. you know, they just it's got a nice quick autofocus. I can flip the thing down. So if I need to film something myself, which is what I do most of the time when I make these videos for Beyond Synth and stuff, right? And so I just kept running. Like, if someone saw the making of it, it would be like <laughs> the most clumsy looking thing because I would move <laughs> the camera, and the joke would be that every shot the lights are different and the, the sources are all different so right. I'd move the camera then I'd grab all the lights and run around and be, okay now the red light's going to be shining from the floor and the blue light's going to be shining from here and the green light's coming from here dude that's awesome that's what creates that dynamic and, it, and you know as long as the finished product looks solid it was like legit cut so anyway that was that was good work dude well thanks man well how about this let's start uh, diving into the, the syntax catalog here so we are going to listen to a track this was from your EP Sunrise wow throwing it back and uh this is a track called uh new horizons by syntax
And that was New Horizons by Syntax. And I'm here with Syntax right now. James. So uh, talk to me about that, man. That was your your like first uh, EP. Wow, yeah. That's definitely a throwback. Um, Sunrise was the first sort of release that I, I put out. And um, I guess that was a couple years ago. And so, I don't know. I just tried to familiarize myself with the uh, music making equipment, which I use Nano Studio. It's actually uh, not very common. Digital audio workstation. But... Uh, yeah, I've always, you know, made music, always played drums and clarinet and keyboards and stuff. And so, you know, after getting inspired, honestly, by a lot of these artists out there, particularly like the Rosso Corsa label and hearing Laserhawk, I thought, man, you know, these guys are obviously killing it, but I'd like to take a shot at it. And granted, my stuff isn't, you know, synth, 80s, whatever. Um, believe it or not, a lot of these artists just got me going in the right direction. And so... Started having fun, and that was the uh, first release on uh, 30 of Floor Records. Yeah, so it's got like a mellow vibe to the syntax sound. It's sort of like dreamy. There's lots of like reverb and stuff. <laughs> sort of like reverby, plinky, like kind of soundscapes and things. I'm terrible with like music terminology, but like how, how would you describe the, the syntax sound? Well, that's sort of spot on. I mean, it, it's definitely evolved since Sunrise, but I would have to say, you know, Boards of Canada inspires me a lot, Aphex Twin, and a lot of 80s stuff too, and John Carpenter, Tangerine Dream. So I'd, I'd say more like, you know, Space Synth. There's a lot of reverb going on. And, you know, each album I like to have some driving 80s stuff too, because I really like the energy. You know, it just sort of encompasses kind of like a variety in sounds and genres, but you sort of nailed it with the reverb, and I, I always enjoy it throwing some on like when in doubt reverb i guess <laughs> clarinet <laughs> yeah i didn't want you to go there man <laughs> but you did <laughs> you went there uh yeah i played it for a couple years and actually you know when you're in the band and you're in lower school or whatever it is you know i was like fifth grade you know you have like the more manly instruments like the saxophone and the guitar and the drums and here I'm on the corner, like other side with the flute player and the French horn and the clarinet. And so <laughs> uh, it, kids are tough, man. And I just remember you lose a little credibility. You know how kids are. They could be mean. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, man, those drums look pretty rad. So anyway, I started playing drums in around sixth grade and did it for years, was in quite a few bands. And I don't know, it was more fun to me. It was more dynamic. And I felt like with drums, you could just do anything. You know, I remember learning like Led Zeppelin beats and then went to like The Who and then I went to Herbie Hancock and there's just so many freaking genres out there where uh, drums just sort of dictate the movement and the, the music. And so, yeah, once I had that down, it just sort of continued and, and ended up being like my favorite instrument to uh, play for sure. You should find a way to uh, incorporate clarinet into the syntax <laughs> sound. <laughs> You know, maybe since you uh, mentioned it, maybe I could come up with something and do, you know, I'll do one song and make it worth your while, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to get like pan. They're going to be like, yeah, that dude uses a clarinet. Nah, man. <laughs> That's a chick instrument. <laughs> I'm going to get like pan. I guess uh, I remember when I was in public school, I think I played trumpet, but it was sort of like, oh, nice. They sort of like forced instruments on you. Like I didn't enjoy <laughs> playing trumpet. Yeah, there was sort of an element of forced. You know, I think there was these kids that were kind of roaming around. They didn't know what to do. They were like, oh, I don't want to do jam and I'm not going to do this. So let's do band. And then the teacher's like, we're in a shortage of flute players or French horn players. <laughs> you know, here you go. And it's like, yeah, thanks for ruining my uh, effective childhood. But uh, <laughs> but I always thought, man, the, the saxophone and uh, trumpet players were pretty badass. Well, they have their place, you know, in, in an they orchestra, <laughs> those... <laughs> Those instruments, they, they come into play. But there's nothing manlier than the uh, that scene in Lost Boys where the saxophone guy is uh, 
That's right. <laughs> For some reason, someone brought that up the other day because I was, I can't find that song. Like, I've only found it on YouTube. Right. But I don't have, like, a, an MP3 of it because I was talking about, <laughs> I think it was with The Midnight, but, um, like, I don't normally like saxophone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just me. Like, I know a lot of the 80s dudes, like, they like their sax. Like, <laughs> I do. typically <laughs> don't. But there is a few tracks by The Midnight, too. Like, they've got a few, like, sax solos that I really like. And I think that that song, The Lost Boys, is a pretty badass, like, saxophone song. Oh, yeah. That's no, a classic. Even if it is, like, coupled with some of the most ridiculous, like, imagery. Right. <laughs> but it's like, but the song is great. Well, man, it's, it's that timeless instrument i mean it was used obviously for jazz and, and so many other applications but man for 80s music someone that comes to mind is like la dreams obviously you know his catalog and i think more artists aren't afraid to put it in but it doesn't sound i mean there's an element of cheese but it's a good thing it just fits seamlessly with all the other instruments that are so indicative of 80s that it actually kind of works that's the one thing though because like there's the songs i like and then there are a few saxophone songs that are like my most hated songs <laughs> in the world right <laughs> and uh yeah. I, mean, I may have said this on the show before but one of them is george rafferty's baker street <laughs> oh man you're going there I fucking hate that song. Like, and I don't use that word lightly. Like, there's very right. few things in the world that I don't care for to such a degree. Sure. But uh, just that tune is so obnoxious to me, mm -hmm. the way that it hits my brain. I, I don't know what it is. I, and maybe I'm also, like, associating it with, like, walking in malls as a child. <laughs> yeah, those are vivid, traumatic memories. Can be. God, just... Know? fucking anyway I'm with you now it's in my head thanks so much <laughs> it's great I'm gonna look it up on YouTube afterwards and my day's gonna be fucking ruined <laughs> it's just such a stupid tune <laughs> yeah it, uh, it really is All right. it really we is don't have to, we don't have to worry about that but like that's uh, <laughs> that's one of those things that gives me like weird traumatic flashbacks where I just hear that song it's like you know like in a movie where there's like a war and a guy comes back from war but then he has these like crazy flashes where he like <laughs> yeah. sees, you know it's that's mine, except it's like oh. walking through a mall at Christmas and hearing fucking shitty saxophone oh, music. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, there was something floating around online. It was just, it stuck out. It was like, what was the Oscar from Sesame Street? You know, the trash can thing? Yeah. There's a video with him in like Vietnam and, and the flashbacks, dude. You have to see it. It's fucking great. <laughs> anyway, he like pauses and then it's the bombs and stuff, but... Uh, anyway, I think we all had those moments. We we you know can put ourselves there. Granted, we're not war veterans. You know, I think no, it, it no. applies. Actually, yeah. we're not, not at all. <laughs> well, hey man, let's uh, we're gonna move forward in time here. Cool. In the 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 timeline of syntax, and now we're going to the uh, Island Universe. Oh, nice album, and we're gonna listen to a track called Longmore by Syntax.
And that was Longmore by Syntax off the Island Universe album. And I am talking to Syntax right now. James Man. <laughs> what up? So talk to me about this. You you did a little EP and then you uh you returned with a with a full album. So talk to me about uh Island Universe. Sure. Uh, well, anyway, it was a really fun album. I uh, worked on it for about eight months and felt a little more confident in this release. I was linked up with 30 of four records and just delved into a little more different dynamics and sound and felt like I uh, was sort of polishing off melodies and structure a little bit more. And so I actually did a couple collaborations on this album too. God, who was on it? Uh, Tape Loader and then... Troy Bishop. So I just wasn't afraid to branch out a little more. And, and uh, you know, I had it mastered by Dynatron. I'm sure you know who that is. Dynatron. <laughs> right. His stuff is awesome. No, I, I, Dynatron's great. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I really do get inspired by his, his music. It's super space synth oriented. And he's got these, like, orchestral atmospheric pads that I wish I could tap into and have yeah. you know, in my arsenal. <laughs> like I would pay good money if he could just send them to me and then I'll just use a few. And if he doesn't recognize them, then that's cool. I'll just use them. <laughs> but he's a super chill dude. And so anyway, he was great. Um, but that one was fun. Yeah, I felt like it kind of notched it up a little bit. So what was it about this kind of sound that drove you? I mean, like when you're like talking about playing drums and like the sorts of music you were drumming to or whatever, right. why did, when you started making music, did you land on the synth stuff being a kid of the 80s i guess you know i'm 35 now and and grew up and my sister is 50 so she was always like feeding me 80s stuff and i've just always loved it the energy behind synth stuff and i had no idea that this whole scene was out there until about 2011 12 where i heard college and um actually droid bishop was like one of the first artists i heard and i immediately gravitated to this expressive energetic emotive sound that was not even repurposing the 80s but just sort of taking the best parts and making it super current and modern and granted my stuff isn't like that it just somehow energized me and everyone's got their own unique sound and you know i will say there are a fair amount of artists out there that use similar synths and plugins and beats and so sometimes it could get a little you know i don't know what the word is repetitive <laughs> and i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> All right, you said it, so. <laughs> but yeah, you know, homogenized. And, and I'd say, like, having a unique sound is important for me when I relate to an artist. And so it's not something I've tried to do expressively, but I have so many influences, like ambient. You know, there's times where I just listen to ambient music all day, and then I'll listen to Aphex Twin, and then I'll listen to, like, Audiker, older IDM music. So it just kind of gets in my head, and then when I sit down... It's not this sort of linear approach. It's more like, let me get this melody and kind of wrap around this or that. So I guess in that sense, it's different than others. But yeah, you know, having a unique sound is important. And so like when I hear Droid Bishop, for example, I know you guys have chatted. <laughs> I actually remember, I got to tell you, I, I listened to that podcast where he's like spun out on the LA highway. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a really good conversation. And I remember thinking, man, this guy's fucking rad. He's cool. And we've actually become good friends since then. And gone out to hang out with him he's collaborated on every album of mine and that guy is like so freaking cool man i gotta give him props for being one of the the most fun people to hang out with yeah no he's a cool guy he went to well he came to toronto uh earlier this year so we we did a podcast and then i also filmed it 
just to say like this is what it would look like if it was a show <laughs> right once once people donate to my patreon and like i got like a good stream of uh, 50 grand a month then uh, then uh, it'll, be, it'll be a it'll be a weekly television show yeah let me know how that works out you know no oh, it will it will work uh, out of course of course <laughs> But this guy, he's got a lot going on, and I'm, he's super modest, and so I just learned a lot from him. Like, his work is so polished. I heard In Search of Gemini, and I thought, wow, I never felt something so freaking honest and emotional. And uh, he's really modest about it, too, and just a down-to-earth guy. So I think those are some qualities and attributes that, you know, artists can glean or learn, which is just to, you know, do your thing, be confident in your sound, but also, you know, let your stuff speak for itself, and yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care for him. Uh, <laughs> you know he's listening right now. No, he's not listening. He doesn't give a shit. Well, he listens sometimes. I think, though, like, I'll always get messages from him where I think sometimes he goes to go to sleep and he'll, like, re-listen to conversations we've had. <laughs> really? I don't know necessarily that he listens to the other episodes, but right. <laughs> he, he listens to the ones that he's on. Right. No, he's got an exciting <laughs> thing going on. He's You know, he's rocking out guitar for, for a major major artist yes. and you know I don't want to go too much down that road because he's probably like really bro you know I, I'm modest and you're like blowing up my spot but uh it's super cool to see what he's doing and, and I'm grateful to know him he's actually probably one of my you know closest and most respected friends in, in the quote scene so word to big bird buddy <laughs> I've always wanted to say that phrase yeah <laughs> yes droid bishop is a cool guy but today we are focusing on syntax <laughs> I like how you brought that around. And uh, <laughs> nice attempt. Segways isn't my skill. No, it's good. It's good. I'm not too good at uh, segways interviewing. There's a few, uh, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna do another track here, and by do I mean listen to from the Island Universe one, and this is kind of a dancey track. This is called Corvus by Syntax.
And that was Corvus by Syntax. And I'm here with Syntax right now. James, man. Hey. How's it going? It's great. Hanging out. Uh, finished my coffee and buzzing, flying off the walls and talking to Andy. Yeah, that sounds about right. That is what's happening. <laughs> that is, in fact, what's going down. You're not insane. This isn't a dream. This is actually <laughs> right. taking place. That's good. Yeah, I have to pinch myself. Oh, my God, I'm on Beyond Synth. It's, it's crazy. Mm. No, it is an honor. It's pretty cool. I, I, I got to do that every day. I pinch myself because it's a it's a real great thing. It is do it, do every it. time. I th- every time I think about you, I pinch myself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's no divinals in this. There's just syntax and Andy, and I'm I'm yeah. loving it. <laughs> Insert fog and big hair. Yeah, I should do that too. I should get some big hair. My hair's all gray now. <laughs> At least you have hair. Seriously, I was blessed with the genes where it's you know receding, and the sad thing about that is you don't know it's gone until like you try and grow it out because I typically have short hair and talk about trauma and, and PTSD like you know I tried to grow out my hair a couple years ago and it wasn't growing the way I thought I had the reverse situation happen where <laughs> my, my hair was always kind of not long but like you know hair length yeah and then I buzzed it and I used to buzz my hair like once a year mm-hmm. just because it saved me on haircuts for like three months totally and uh, it you know it just tidied things up like because I, I would always I'd just be in front of the mirror and like I've never had like a good haircut <laughs> or hairstyle so like I never know what to do with it right like I would just sit in front of the mirror with like different products and like I would put it through and I'm like why doesn't my hair look like so and so's you know like <laughs> l- you know whatever other people I know who just like effortlessly have like cool guy hair totally <laughs> and it was never something that I could do right and I would always buzz it off and then the last time I buzzed it off was like two years ago and then I buzzed it and I'm like something's not right here because like it used to be like kind of thicker yeah and then I buzzed it and I just did not like the results yeah I was just like no <laughs> Oh, this is not correct and then I vowed never to do it again but then I did it again <laughs> and then you did it again of course and what I found was that my hair is going gray and it needs to go gray like that's what it wants <laughs> right <laughs> and so I can't fight it because if I dye it then you notice the sort of the thinning more right because there's more contrast or whatever so but if you just keep it gray because it's supposed to be gray now even though I'm 35 <laughs> like I'm not supposed to have gray hair but I have it right and I think that's what the universe is telling me now yeah sometimes it's better to just go with with what you uh, had in the cards you know I've seen people with uh, like black number five beard and the stuff and I if it works for them cool but to me it kind of looks like a struggling you know midlife crisis when it's like jet black you know Oh yeah, you look like a vampire. Like if you if you pass a certain age and you still have black hair, you like there's nothing more terrifying than like an old dude who has like those gray eyes. Oh my god! But yeah. black hair, like all you think of is just like this dude is a fucking vampire. I mean, like that's who this guy is. I know serial killer comes to mind. It was just just <laughs> well, more like just a little creep factor ten that you need to just take one more step away from. You know, I think some naturalness will actually <laughs> make me want to take a step towards you. So yeah, no, this is a good conversation because folks out there that have like receding hair let it go uh gray let it go because it's distinguished right i mean i i think <laughs> now we're just like validating and like trying to find excuses for why it works but you got a big beard don't you no nah, i mean not, not big but yeah i rock the beard i think if I, I i haven't shaved it off in like years and if i did i'd you know when you turn like baby eye like anime shimmering eyes and you've lost like 15 years I think that would be me. It wouldn't be pretty. Oh, that's okay, though, right? You're 35. Nothing wrong with knocking off a few years. Yeah, maybe you're right. I know we're at that weird age where if someone's like, man, you look older, it's almost like not an insult, but you have to double take. 
you know, and then when you're in your 20s and someone says, oh, you look, you know, like 35, you're like, yeah, awesome, cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to a point where you're like, nah, actually, I, I want to be 28 right now forever. Yeah. When I have my birthday, I have this shirt in the closet and, you know, no joke, it says 28 forever. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, people obviously give you like take two, like, yeah, what's going on with you? But, uh, you know, you get to that point where kind of want to stay young so i'll do anything to relive that we'll just just wear it all the time just stay uh, get it out of the closet there and yeah i'll just mess with people they'll never really know yeah who cares fuck them shave that beard off and wear a wig <laughs> i'll send pictures and then it's gonna be like is offline like you know i'll never hear from you again <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be that terrifying <laughs> Ah, we've had some good times. So you are a uh, cameraman, right? Like for news? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for about 15 years. What's that like? Oh, it's got its moments. I mean, I I started, I'm from Virginia and I started out in New Mexico, actually at Albuquerque and uh, been doing it a long time and it's got its fair share of times. The, The cool thing I like about it is that, you know, you're always in the field. It's always different and you never know what you're gonna shoot. But there is like a storytelling creativity to the job that I really value. And um, fortunately was able to feel like I learned from some people who do appreciate the thread of storytelling in, in the crazy world of news. And granted, a lot of the stories are like, you know, fires and murders and the court cases and stuff. I mean, it takes you all around. But uh, there's been some really awesome stories, like meeting Obama and meeting Bernie and interviewing people that you respect a lot. And also just being creative, you know, like lighting, editing, that's my favorite part. So granted, you know, you're always on a deadline and there's always something different and you got to kind of pair yourself up with the reporter who, <laughs> you know, I'd say like 90% of them are chill. So your function is also an editor? Oh yeah, yeah. So when you work in news, you take out the live truck, you shoot your story, they log it, they write it, you edit it, and then you go live. So that's sort of like the day's events. And uh, yeah, so being able to edit is a huge thing for me. Yeah, it's fun. So what does the reporter do? Does she just read the lines? (laughs) Well, she logs and writes it. So that's the process. So while she's doing that, I get to set up the car and chill for a little bit. And then when she's done, she gives me the script. And then I put together the story. And that's your opportunity to be kind of creative and, and have some fun. But yeah, it just depends on the story. So pretty much like the workflow of the day so do you have like a like a hot lady uh, reporter that you work with yeah i mean they tend to be they're they're beautiful women that's for sure and uh you know they feel safe around me which is the best part you know insert yeah. evil grin so i can like compliment them you know <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know you're surprised out there you know i'm I, i'm not playing on that team but you know it works to my advantage andy what <laughs> yeah, yeah, <no>. <laughs> insert <laughs> horn effect dun, 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 dun. uh <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. So, but it's cool because they feel like safe. So I could say, God, you look fucking hot today. You know, and that land like some straight dude in the fucking HR department and like lightning. <laughs> yes. Right. It'd be so sketchy. They'd be like, did you hear like whatever, you know, Andy molested the reporter today with his words. <laughs> You know, and it's like, no, but James complimented me. So think about it for a minute. It's kind of cool. I work with some great ladies and they're super fun and cool. And they get to share all their problems with me about their home life that they probably wouldn't share with other guys. Not to diminish their skills as a reporter. Oh. I just, I, <laughs> Thanks I just for like, pulling that around. Of course not. You know, they're <laughs> like, like, like the way I word my question is always just, <laughs> so is there any babes? Yeah. Is there any fucking babes, man? Where are the babes at? Oh man, they're all over. But you know, they, they work hard and 
it's not just you know women, guys too. But I, I have found that I end up being like closer friends with women. Uh, I feel more comfortable sharing stuff, and so it's cool to to be able to spend time with them. But then there's days where you just want to be alone, and you don't have that option. So it's kind of demanding. And I feel like when I have two days off each week, which doesn't always unfold, I really value that. You know, I feel super stressed from the job. Like on a continual basis, maybe that's why I'm losing my hair. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? I had like daily heart attacks. I had kids, so I think that's why I got my gray. Oh, hair. there you go. Oh, I didn't know you had kids. How old are they? Uh, one is six today, and the other one is a baby. Wow, six years old today. Happy birthday! Not quite uh, the 15 year age gap that you have with your sister. True, she is my half sister, but yeah. Um, oh, it doesn't count then. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. I know, I was trying to get like heartfelt with like my sister, and you're like, nah, bro, she's not really your fucking sister. I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll keep talking about this. It's interesting. But uh, we're going to listen to another track here. Cool. This is a track called Aurora's Flight by Syntax. <laughs>
And that was Aurora's Flight by Syntax off the Island Universe album. And I'm talking to Syntax right now. We're talking about broadcast news, video cameras, uh, uh, hot chicks in the news, (laughs) old sisters, half sisters. uh, What else? I'm trying to recap the whole show. Bacon. Bacon. That's right. (laughs) Is there any way you can like tie up all of these thoughts? I know, right? Yeah, there's a way. And it's saxophone. Dude, now we're getting it. There's a commonality here. There's a thread. I dug a I dug this song. I could definitely hear the sort of Apex Twin um, influence with the beat in this track. Yeah, sort of drum and bassy. It's really the only one I've done, and I, I, I haven't really revisited it. So I appreciate you playing it. It's definitely a different track for me. And but yeah, a little more glitchy and kind of Apexy style. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at my bacon calendar. You know what it says? It says sunny with a chance of bacon. And there's like a cloud with raining bacon. Bacon is good, dude. I know. I can't help I like it, it because it's salty. <laughs> it is, but it's so flavy. I mean, you could have it with anything and be happy. So <laughs> Salty and flavy. <laughs> right. That shit's all right. I was thinking the other day because I think I saw one of your posts and it reminded me of something because uh, obviously you say you're you're out in the field for news and filming. Yeah. You must encounter those sort of those people who like to disrupt. Yeah, I know. All the time. I was thinking about this because again, we had a sort of a long talk before we started recording, which is what we're not going to go back into, but that's right. what we like to That's where I leave, like, the political conversation and stuff that's on the cutting room floor of Beyond Synth. Totally. But also, I was thinking about that because there's always, like, these contexts to things. And sometimes certain things can be really annoying, but there's that one example that, you know, where it was funny and then it got taken out of context or whatever. So there was, uh, I think it was in Canada. I'm trying to remember where it was. Like, the original... um, Yeah. I'm going to say the the word pussy now. So if anyone's uh, offended by that word. Yeah, yeah, right? I don't think America's offended by that word, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so there was the original uh, uh, fucker and the pussy guy, right? Yeah, I was like fabricated, and it was funny, mm-hmm. but it was funny on like a whole bunch of different levels uh, because a was like this little short dude who was like older <laughs> with a beard but had a hoodie. Oh yeah, I know exactly the whole story and all the back back end of that. And when you see the video, there's a lot of things going on that make it funny, right? Because first of all, the dude looks funny, <laughs> and he, it's, there's something that's wrong about it because he's too old to be wearing a hoodie like that. Right. The fact that he's like hijacking this, and the reporter ladies are always like almost like two feet taller than he is Mm -hmm. and there's something it's just really funny the way he bursts in and says it and runs away and it was the first one and it was funny but then it got sort of hijacked by like fratty type dudes (laughs) who are never funny like nothing fratty type dudes do is ever funny right and they steal the joke because then I started to see it all the time, like on the uh, you, there'd be all these clips online of like news yeah. reporters getting hijacked by like oh, fucker in the pussy and like run away and like yeah. they just don't understand that it was funny this one time when this one specific <laughs> dude did it, and then now they're going in with their dumb frat humor. And in one case, mm-hmm. this is one of those things where you know I do think people should be chastised for being stupid and unfunny. And it was a guy that lost his job. Yes, because that was right. that was in Canada, yeah. right? Like that was yeah, uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. You know where, where the where the news reporter just called him on it and just I turned know. around like, what the hell did you just say? And like, of course he's an idiot, <laughs> right? And he couldn't defend yeah. what he had just done, right? And in those instances, I go. 
not that I think people should lose their jobs, but they should definitely be like, you just did something in public that was stupid. You should be like, right, you, like know, you should at least be like reprimanded in some way of doing like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, you know. yeah, well, I think you nailed it. It's 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 like kind of refreshing to hear you sort of go about this linear in a linear sort of process because we deal with that all the time. You know, I'd say once a week, at least there's someone that either drives by and says it or you know, there's been several times where I've actually had a reporter, like, physically assaulted. Ooh. I'm not kidding. Like, like the guy ran up, bear-hugged her, and then yelled it. That's not cool. And so I thought it was actually funny at first, too. Obviously, the original clip wasn't real. You know, it was all edited and spliced to make it look like it actually happened on the newscast. But I actually thought it was kind of funny, believe it or not. And then it sort of ran its course. And you're absolutely right. It got kind of embraced by these frat guys. And a lot of times we end up dealing with it. Uh, the other week I was on SDSU campus going live. And right at the end when the reporter's like finishing up, like six guys come running like out of breath, you know, and they're literally frat dudes. So that's why I'm, mm. <laughs> I'm sort of like putting this in, in your description, which is sort of spot on. They're like, oh, did we miss it, man? And I said, yeah, you missed it. They were like, oh, man, we didn't get to see fucker in the pussy. Anyway, I was just like, why do you guys think that's funny? You know, and then I, I can't be like the bitter cameraman, but honestly, we work all day to shoot a story, to edit it, you know, drive countless places all over the county, you know, beat the deadline. And it just culminates in this one live shot, dude. Mm -hmm. And so having that respect would be awesome. But I realized that that's not you know how it works and uh there's a little bit of frustration there but you know it is what it is so yeah like people should have respect for comedy as well right because like i mean obviously uh, fucking reporters should not be assaulted by fucking crazy dudes i mean like that's <laughs> it's weird to me that people don't understand that that's wrong right but also it's like when a joke is played <laughs> It's, there's nothing just more frustrating than seeing, you know, it, okay, there's a point where sometimes a joke is so played that it becomes funny again, like there's a sort of cycle. Right. But I feel like this whole uh, fucker in the pussy thing, yeah. it's, it's done. Like, And the only reason why it was ever funny was because that video was so specific, because I do that. Like, when I see a funny video, yeah. and if it really makes me laugh, where I, like I'm like, okay, this is hilarious. Right. I will, like, intellectualize and analyze it. <laughs> like, I will just be like, why is this funny? And so, like, when I when I look at the original video and all the things that I just said about it, it's right. like, there's all these things coming together. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's this little dude who's, like, in his 50s wearing a hoodie with shades yeah, on. Yeah, it's right? like a like, Unabomber. It's like the Unabomber. Exactly. It's just the image itself yeah. <laughs> is so funny. And the fact that in both cases, the reporter right. ladies in the segments are these big women. Like, they're just, they're so much bigger right. than him right and so there's just this funny scale thing happening he's funny <laughs> to look at what he says is funny it was the first time i had seen it so that was funny yeah. and then the other context is there's a compilation one where it shows like the three it shows like the original supposedly reporter who accidentally says it right then it cuts to him saying it to the first reporter and then the next clip they wait a bit so you see this lady like giving a story and you see this pan like it pans from a train track over oh, to the news right. reporter and then lady. He pops in the frame. And then he pops in and you know he's going to pop into frame <laughs> because you're watching a compilation video of him doing it. Right. So the actual humor of the video in that aspect isn't him saying the thing. It's that wait when you know he's going <laughs> to pop in. And yeah, so it's yeah. literally like 
it's it's the timing it's the comedic timing of the video it's mm-hmm. all of these elements that make it funny it's not just the the whole just let's yell at a reporter right like. someone running behind yeah uh, you're absolutely right about that and i think it sort of ran its course and so when you see like trolls online on the videos saying that this is old and tired then you know it's done you know mm-hmm. live leak i don't know i'm a fan of that site it's crazy weird but you see clips of these these people yelling it and the top comment is like really bro that's so you know 2014 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like when the troll is saying that then you know they, they may have a point but it's something you deal with it's a little frustrating but the implications of it are actually bigger than what the viewer might think the fcc can actually find the station fifty thousand dollars for it for having a curse word on the air and it's no joke like someone's been fined already for just someone yelling that in the mic granted it's beyond their control you know there's implications where it's like dude do i come into your office you know on the third floor and yell an expletive in the middle of your work meeting and then like flee you know like run out the door (laughs) and i know it's different you're right we're news crews we put ourselves in public and i think there's a lot of scrutiny with the uh, media but dude we're just trying to do our jobs and i respect everyone and i think they should do the same so Anyway, I appreciate you bringing it up because it's kind of old and played out. Like, if you see that uh, someone's about to endanger your, like, reporter, like, how quickly can you put down the camera? There's nothing you can do. The only time where I had to, like, pan to the ground real quick was I was in Ocean Beach and there was this girl on acid, as I found out, and she was just, like, whacked out. And Ocean Beach is a pretty eclectic sort of crowd. And so she was lifted up her shirt to flash, you know, the camera. And before she did it, I kind of, like, panned to the ground and they took it whatever she didn't make the air but it typically doesn't happen that much it's so spontaneous that these guys are good they're like flash gordon dude they're pro they're in and out (laughs) (laughs) seriously it's like uh fucking macgyver skills i mean seriously they do it and by the time you even process that they were there it's like so far beyond aired (laughs) so there's not much prep time because they're, they're skilled you know i gotta give it to them um so anyway, it's just something you deal with, but yeah, it, it's not too funny to me anymore. It's a little frustrating, but you know what, man? People have a right to say what they want and do what they want, and so it's not my problem. That's the way I got to look at it. Well, I don't have a proper segue here, but we're just going to listen to some more music. <laughs> oh, nice. Music's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move forward in time now to uh, your latest release as of the broadcast of this show, because you may have uh, another album out by the time this airs. Who knows? True. This is from Transmissions. And speaking of Droid Bishop, as we were a little while ago, uh, this is a track called Lilium, featuring Droid Bishop by Syntax.
And that was Lilium by Syntax featuring Droid Bishop. And I can tell because I hear Droid Bishop's <laughs> little butterflies in there. <laughs> right. As, as he calls them. Yep. So that was a fun track. So uh, talk to me about making that one. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Droid and I have done a couple tracks and he's really easy to work with. I'll end up sending him something and he just kind of lays his magic on top and from what I've gathered with other artists who do collaborations, you know, they'll send stems back and forth and back and forth. And what's cool about him and everyone I've actually collaborated with is I'll just create like this bed of whatever and they put their stuff on top. So with Droid, he really took it to the next level and um, kind of got that calm, truzy sort of chill wave beat going on. Yeah, I mean, he did his magic and I, I am super grateful. But I hear that stuff and I'm like, man, I wish I could have sense that powerful or a kick drum that powerful. But you know what? That's the magic of each artist. But he really... He really brought it, so I, I definitely felt the emotion in, in his progressions and stuff. Did you ever... I feel like I saw a picture of you with Droid Bishop. Did you go to, like, a show in L.A. or something? Yeah, yeah. We uh, caught up at the college show about a year and a half ago. That was actually the first time I met Droid, so it was a good time. And then we also actually caught up not too long ago. I had a show at the Echoplex with Dance with the Dead, and um, Droid came out for that before he went all, like, mega world tour. So, <laughs> you know, he can't talk to us now. We're, like, his subjects. <laughs> He's like, bro, do I even know you? I'm like, droid, it's me. <laughs> That's like security detail, like sweeps me away. Why you just kick his ass, man? That's yeah. all I say. Yeah. So we hung out. He's fun company, man. Had a few drinks, and it's always a good time. I just saw this awesome new quote. It's a uh, Albi Bacon, Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenhager. <laughs> Every morning is an opportunity to wake and bacon. Man, this shit's good. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, no, dude, it really is. I can't get enough of this calendar. <laughs> it's like I'm obsessed. Talk to me about uh, performing live. You've done some live shows. I guess my first show was about a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Um, it's fun. Just, you know, I'm not the most uh, proficient, like, synth player. So I've managed to create a setup where I can play, like, a chill pad or background. So there is some sort of live interaction. And um, it's been fun. Started off with just a couple of bars here in San Diego and, you know, I work all the time. So any show I can grab, if I can do it, I'm, I'm grateful to have. But a lot more artists seem to be doing it. And I've seen people like, God, I just saw this clip of Daniel Deluxe live and it was like amazing. And Wave Shaper and Robert Parker. And when I see guys like that doing their synth thing live, it's, it's inspirational for sure. And the crowds are big in Europe. It seems like it's really taking off over there. And Dance with the Dead too. It's just really great. Future Holotape, the friends of mine have been doing live shows for a while and they're super awesome and talented. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Hopefully I can make a stop up in Canada one time, you know, but uh, then I might just stay there. Well, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> no one will uh, ever feel that way if they come up here now until March. Oh, and what happens in March? Well, the weather warms up again. Oh, okay. It's like misery now. Sorry, I can't relate. I'm here in my tank top. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's starting now. Mm. Although we get uh, we get really weird weather lately, but uh, that's just the, the nature of the world. But it's uh, sometimes, yeah, and we'll be in the middle of January and we'll have like a warm week for no reason and then it goes back to 
<laughs> Very Arctic cold. Sub zero. <laughs> it depends what part of Canada you go to, right? Canada is a big place. It is. But you live in a really cool city, man. I hear it's just an awesome place to live. So, well, it's fine. It's a it's a city. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> it's a you know, city. The cities in Canada, you know, even though it's a big country population wise, we you know we're a fraction of of the states and stuff. And so, right. I've been you know to to lots of places, and when you see like kind of real city, I mean, like Toronto is like the biggest city in Canada, mm-hmm. but you know compared to like New York or something. Right. Not that we need to be comparing them, but I mean, like, when I went sure. to New York, I remember just thinking, like, whoa, like, this city is fucking big. <laughs> like, you know, the, the buildings were just big. Like, everything was huge. Right. I mean, of course, we still have big buildings. It's a city. I mean, like, the population of Toronto, which is the biggest city in Canada, is... You know, almost three million now. Okay, it's about San Diego size. Like you know, Mexico City's got like a population of like two hundred million, right? <laughs> so I mean, like, there's there's different scales to, and it depends. Um, I would say in Canada, like Montreal is probably like the more interesting city because it's a little bit more historic. Hmm. There's a lot more older buildings. Vancouver is the opposite. Sure. So Vancouver is all like new development. Interesting. We have all parallels. It's like there's parallels to the states, basically. Like right. what whatever is like vertically from the place in the states it's kind of Canada's equivalent so like Vancouver is San Francisco right. essentially okay. almost like politically as well it's the same kind of, I mean like sure. that, like Vancouver used to be like that was the place where everyone was like growing the dope and had like the biggest <laughs> gay population and stuff like that right and then it seemed like San Francisco was just the parallel mm-hmm. what's in the middle of Canada like like London because I, I actually went to a show in Guelph one time uh, there's this band from Canada called the New Deal who I used to watch all the time. They're great electronica trio from, uh, I think they're from Ontario. But anyway, I went to a show in Guelph. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. It sounds like you sneeze and someone's like, bless you, bless you. <laughs> Guelph. Yeah. You know, like Guelph, a, like, a like Ontario is a, is a big province where Toronto is. Okay. You know, when I talk to people from other countries, it's always funny when, like England, for example, you know, it's got like 50 different like dialects, <laughs> different accents. <laughs> totally. And yet the size of that country, I could fit like 10 of them in my province. <laughs> right. It's bizarre to to me that that can happen in such a small space that you have all these sort of varied mm-hmm. cultural sort of things. It's, it's funny. But uh, yeah, I know Guelph is a place. There's like a college there and a university. Yeah, that's, university? that's where I saw them. Uh, God, that was back in like 99 or 2000, I think. So anyway, they're super talented. If you ever get a chance, they are from Toronto. And uh, I'm not sure if they're playing anymore, but the New Deal, it's like a live electronica band and they're freaking sweet. Super talented. I'll check it out. I like electronica. It's great. But it's live, which is cool. So Speaking of which... Let's uh, listen to another track. Cool. This is a track from Transmissions. This is Moonraker by Syntax.
And that was Moonraker by Syntax. I dig that bass line. Thanks, man. It's a, it's a cool bass line in there. So, Moonraker, is that your favorite uh, James Bond film? <laughs> I do like the movie, I'm not going to lie. Um, that, <laughs> you should. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Hello. Um, I am a Bond fan, but, you know, when it comes to, like, naming my tracks, I try not to be super specific. I, I usually have one-word track titles, but I've been a huge fan of Bond for a while. And Do you like the part where the pigeon does the double take? <laughs> Well, of course, dude. There's so much genius behind the cinematography of those movies that, you know, it's undeniable. It's like the way it was shot and the music. and I do. I mean, like, I love Bond. Like, that's one of my sort of unconditional... Uh... Oh, nice. It's funny, because even though, you know, when they sort of reinvented it a bit with the newer ones, mm-hmm. for me, I like the whole package of Bond, the fact that it's, like, cheesy. Right. There's all these elements that make me smile when I watch them. Mm-hmm. And even the new ones, you know, where they try to make it more serious, like, I still think they're all right yeah but sometimes i feel like there's a little bit lost because i actually like the cheesy aspects of bond oh absolutely i like the formula mm-hmm. you know he meets some lady early on has sex with her <laughs> and, and then, the next scene she's dead <laughs> yeah and then he meets another chick who he goes to the rest of the movie with and right. and uh, gets a wacky gadget and like cartoon villains like i actually like that stuff yeah no it's the way it's shot you know it, the lighting and the dramatic sort of the way it's shot presents this like campy kind of feel to it but it just pulls you in you know there's something to be said about those old old movies and uh Timothy Dalton kind of that was the last era Bond I really liked that much so I'm more of an old school you know Bond fan I mean the new stuff yeah, it's, it's okay but it's it's Hollywood you know and they obviously can't do it like a, a Sean Connery film but those are the best absolutely man it's just it pulls you in it's so unique it's like so memorable so I'm, I'm with you on the way that there's that kind of camp to it I like the universe of Bond so like right. even the worst ones I mean there's certain <laughs> things I always feel that way about I'm a big Doctor Who fan and so like oh, I just okay, cool. I like it regardless of how good it is at the time right. because I just like the concept of the show Right. although I prefer the old show to the new reboot but like same with Bond like I just like this sort of lone agent who's mm-hmm. just always going around getting in gunfights and having sex with chicks every <laughs> other shot and then there's like some right. weird villain with like some crazy henchman like I just I just like <laughs> Like all that stuff and gadgets. Yeah, so when people talk about their favorite Bond, it's the same thing I feel with Doctor Who. It's like I don't necessarily have a favorite because I just like the show. And with James Bond, I just like the concept of James Bond. So, like, I can handle when different actors are in the role. I don't necessarily go, right. you know, I like this one over that one because I just like the universe yeah. of James Bond. <laughs> well, speaking of Doctor Who, um, like, my partner's a huge fan. I mean, massive. And he's tried to get me sort of into it. But did you see the original theme song, how that was created? I guess that was, like, pretty groundbreaking. Now, when you say partner, you mean business partner, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you ass. <laughs> yeah, code word. Um, so, but anyway, it's cool. I Actually, love that. Well, if, if you're referring to the video from... Um, What's her name? Delia Derbyshire? Derbyshire, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. She's like a pioneer. One of my favorite videos on YouTube, it's not the original theme, but it's the 80s version, because the 80s version is my favorite iteration of the song. Oh, nice. Okay. And it's fucking wicked. Is it? Yeah, and so the way they did it in the 80s, it's more in line with, like, the synthwave stuff, because it's all with, like, Yamaha keyboards and stuff and sequencers and things. Was it uh, Orbital, by chance? Orbital did a remix, but okay. their their remix was using the sort of 
the assets from like the 60s version of the song but adding a beat right okay, in the cool. 80s they they redid the song oh wow i gotta check that out the composer at the time this dude called um peter howell and he was doing like the incidental music for the show and then he redid the theme song nice and it's the 80s one that i love the best but the oh, old cool. version uh, it's crazy how they had to do it like all these tape loops of like individual notes i know <laughs> no it's bonkers it's so cumbersome. It's crazy to see how they work. But, you know, that at the time was so current and so new. It's crazy. Your perception of technology really changes when you know that that's all that's available. You know what I mean? Yes. Like for me, we used to edit tape to tape in the truck. And I actually miss that. I love that. But at the time, you're like, whoa, this is pretty rad. This is like, you know, new level stuff. And then now it's just, you know, everything's on a computer. It's all relative. But yeah, super impressive to see that video. And I, she's killing it. She's got the hairstyle and, and like, you know, the clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy teeth. <laughs> Crazy teeth, yeah. Not that I typically make that stereotypical joke of British people, but like her teeth are insane. <laughs> I was watching the making of of like the Lord of the Rings movies, and there's this one lady on there, like her mouth looks like Yoda's mouth. <laughs> And the whole time I was watching this making up, I think she was, like, not to throw this lady under the bus, because she's talented. Like, they were, sure. it was, they were, I think it was in, like, the model building unit. Yeah. And every time she would talk, I'd just be like, her fucking mouth looks like Yoda's mouth. Like, it just, the way it moved, the way the teeth looked, oh, no. it was crazy. Dude, it's hard to look away. You can't. Yeah, and I, I got to watch them it. again just to see that, that clip. But um, and you've lost your British fan base, you know. You, yeah. the, the, two, the two listeners from Derbyshire, you know. And well, London. no, there was a. There's definitely a thing though, because like I watched. Yeah. I mean, uh, classic Doctor Who is like uh, my favorite show, right? And so there is definitely a look to the sort of the British actors of the time, like the male actors. They would they would talk a lot using their like lower teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something running going on there. I don't know exactly what it is. I've heard a variety of stories, but I don't want to say anything that's going to be construed as like offensive. Well, know? no, I've actually heard, and this is funny, that in England, like, of course they don't like, I mean, it, it's a silly stereotype because obviously they got like TV stars and stuff that don't have crazy teeth or oh, whatever, but like, <laughs> but they do make fun of Americans for having what they call like American teeth. Oh, they do. Which is like too perfect. Mm -hmm. Just like straight and solid white where it God, looks like. I do good. anything for like too perfect, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I need help. The bottom line is this. You should hear the 80s version of the Doctor Who theme song because that's the. Well, check it out. That's the best one. Does your business partner, does he. Um, <laughs> Like, is it about the old show, or does he uh, like the it's, new It's one? everything, but it's like you. He loves the entire franchise in the show. So, old shows, and then who's the new guy? I'm sorry, I, not the new new guy, but the guy from, like, a few years ago. David Tennant? I think that might be it. He really liked that series. But uh, he said each has such a unique kind of feel, but it, it, it really they do a good job continuing with the, the integrity yeah. of the original. But he did say, I remember, that the newer character, it, he had to... Take a little while getting used to Well, what the problem right now is... Uh, I don't want to get too nerdy about this because no one likes it when I talk about Doctor Who, but uh, <laughs> the, it's uh, it's the writing. Oh, okay. It used to, like, it's supposed to be a science fiction show, and like the newest producer for the past like five years has made it like a fantasy show, mm. and it just doesn't jive with my perception of what the program is. Like It's it's always had right. different eras, and that's yeah. what's cool about that show because it recreates itself. Like It can literally... like It swaps the entire cast, the producers, sure. the sound... But it still maintains certain like core elements, and one of those elements is science fiction. But lately, it's been kind of like a fairy tale, and it hmm. just doesn't work for me personally. Right? No, that sounds valid. I mean, but don't you think shows have to sort of maintain a sense of 
freshness or like ingenuity. I mean, don't you feel? Yes, that- but that's the thing. Doctor Who is the one show in the world yeah. that actually has refreshing built into its format. Whereas, you know, with other shows, sometimes they do it and it feels unnatural or like the X-Files where, you know, like maybe we can do this without David Duchovny and then you find out, <laughs> no, you can't. Or even shows like Grimm, you know, it's like the same thing every time. I mean, I tried to watch Grimm and it was cool for a little while. But it's like, how many different stories can you have in Portland that they have to solve? Well, exactly. I mean, the thing with Doctor Who is, like, built into the story structure of the show is that the lead actor can die and then change right. into a different actor, but he's still the same guy. Right. So then, obviously, like, whenever you change a lead actor, it totally changes the tone of a show anyways. Mm-hmm. And then... There's a lot of TV shows where when you get a new producer, it's sort of scary because you're like, oh, they're going to fuck it up. <laughs> Doctor Who is the one show where a new producer is a good thing because some, they bring like a new energy to the program. Like they change the sets. They change the music. It sounds different in different eras of the show. It looks physically different. Like the, the actors are different. Oh, that's cool. So it, it does revitalize itself that way. But then... When you have a show that can completely change itself, you run into eras of the show that you just don't like as much as another one because it's so different or that it's uh, not tonally what you dig. But I'll tell you this. We're going to listen to another track. (sighs) Nice segue. Thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is a track called Stratus featuring Home.
And that was Stratus by Syntax featuring Home. And I'm here with Syntax right now. We're talking about Doctor Who, but we're not going to continue that conversation. (laughs) We're talking about business partnerships and what it is to run a successful business. Totally. And... We're talking about uh, this track, Stratus, which is cool. Home uh, is really awesome, and I want to have that person yeah. on the show, but I can't get in touch with them properly. Yeah, he's a... Uh, dude, his music is amazing. It's just crazy to see how proficient that guy is, and uh, he's really young, too, which is even more amazing. But I listened to one of his tracks, and I, I will admit, he was the one artist that I did approach about a collaboration before he got, like, mega big. I guess he kind of blew up after we did this track. This song, Resonance, became this vine that got like literally 5 million views or something Mm. and anyway according to him it threw him in like a different tax bracket like literally but his music is so solid and confident and like playful that I have no doubt he's gonna get signed to like Ghostly International or something so anyway I got in he was cool to collaborate with really chill guy didn't talk a bunch during the collaboration which was kind (laughs) of cool it was different (laughs) I literally sent him a track and he's like yeah I'd be down and then he sent it back and I said, wow, thanks. I, I was really happy with how it turned out. And I said, oh, I like this part. And his response, he was like, cool. I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. That was the collaboration with home. Like it was, it was so low key, like almost too low key, but that's a good thing. And he's a nice guy. And I, I wish him like the best of luck. I actually did, did between you and me and the five listeners out there. No, there's like eight. No, there's, there's eight. eight. Come okay. on. Don't, don't. Sorry, bro. Didn't mean to step on you there. I did approach him and I said, hey, I have a new album. I'd, I'd love to do something again. And it was like, you know, if you could insert like crickets chirping, you know, noise, yeah. which is cool. <laughs> the guy's like busy and doing big things now, but I guess I should be grateful he he threw something down for, for that. So. Well, that's cool. I like uh, collaborations. I don't know what I'm. Sure, they can work out. They're not always like, I don't fucking know what I'm saying. Uh, No, but with like that home beat, his kick drum, he added the kick in there and it's like... Yes, I knew knew the home was responsible for the beat. Yeah, it's like that snare and that kick. I mean, shit, dude, that's powerful stuff. And he's really crafted his sound. If you hear any of home's tracks, they're really heavy, punchy kick, uh, which always amazes me how, how he gets that sound. But the guy knows how to master, he knows how to mix. I don't know how to do that shit so anyway much respect for that but he um definitely added a cool flavor with that so did you do a song on that uh, mortal Kombat, the synth synthality compilation oh, that's right. yeah yeah mike at uh, 34 put that together and that was a fun project man i mean mortal Kombat was like my childhood and you know a lot of artists put together something for that which was super chill that was fun hey i just bought myself a, a arcade controller i finally gave in <laughs> Really, and got myself the the X arcade stick. Damn, dude! Which is like it's got it's like a two player uh, arcade joystick, basically, but it's like really well built. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat was I used to love Mortal Kombat. Like that was the. Were you good at it? I mean, you you played it just because you played it doesn't mean you were like good at it. I'm good at part two. Okay. But at the same time, being good at Mortal Kombat, <laughs> people would always say, you know, like, oh, Street Fighter's better game. And mm-hmm. while I acknowledge that, I just prefer the universe of Mortal Kombat so much more. Absolutely. I like skeletons and ninjas and robots and stuff. And I don't know why I just made this connection, but so the other week I was watching Big Trouble in Little China, which is. Oh, you know, yeah, classic. it's total. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that freaking ninja, I was like, oh my God, why am I now making the connection between, what's his name, Raiden? And I thought, wow. 
Wow, that's really cool. I think there is like an element of 80s in Mortal Kombat. You know, just every character is so memorable. And I remember watching the movie and it wasn't great. I was pretty young when that came out. Um, I mean, we're like the same age, so yes. I, mean, I don't know. We were what, teenagers or whatever. But and a lot of the kids I played in the arcade at the time were super good at it. Like they had the moves freaking down. They had the fatalities and... I always respected those guys that knew the controls because I was one of those like what I call smashers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, A, A, B, B, let's see if this fucking works. And like, sometimes you kick like serious ass, but it's so erratic, <laughs> your success rate. You know, I'd like win a game real quick and then the next you know, game, I'd get destroyed. So it pays to know your your combos. Yeah, I mean, I played more like at home. I mean, because the mm. Super Nintendo version was actually a pretty good port. Right. But when I would go to the arcade, there are certain things, and I'm remembering it now as I'm playing with the arcade joystick. Like, it's super satisfying to play with an arcade joystick. Yeah. But I can't pull off fatalities very well. Mm. In part two, my favorite character I played with the most was Jax, because um, oh, yeah. even though I love the ninjas... And Scorpion is my favorite character overall, but Jax, he has this thing where you could do like this dropkick combo and then mash block and then you would backbreaker the guy. <laughs> that's right. And that's, that single move would take off like half of their health. <laughs> right. <laughs> the most satisfying move ever. It's funny you mention that because I actually had two Huskies dogs flipping it and segwaying uh, for 14 years and one of them I was named Jax. For me, like, if I found a character that had some sort of exploit, like, they would become my favorite character. Right. And so Jax, in part two, because he had the dropkick backbreaker combo, and then you could grab the guy, and if you keep mashing punch when you're throwing him, he'd, oh. like, keep slamming him into the ground. Oh, that's right. And that would take off, like, another big chunk of health. Nice. And then in part three, there's a character called Cabal, mm-hmm. who had this mask, and he, and he had a ridiculous combo that if you mastered it could take off like half the person's health and then when they did like ultimate mortal Kombat edition they like they have the amount of health that that combo took off because it was like <laughs> it was like it was too big yeah <laughs> it was too damaging well it's cool man uh, it's part of our uh, arcade nostalgia and it's a great game so i think that's cool you know some combos i need to get back into it because yeah. <laughs> there's actually an arcade right up the street and i'll go up there and play pinball that's like my secret love affair i guess like you know some people leave home and like come up with excuses to like oh I'm, yeah. I'm working late honey you know like i'll give excuses and then go play pinball like i'm actually doing what you probably don't shouldn't even be doing when you make an excuse yeah. you know it's pretty sad it's like I busted you it's like yeah I was playing fucking pinball can I have been there's busted? been a, f- a few times I've done that to eat fast food like I, I'll <laughs> right. I'll go like oh I'm going shopping and then I secretly like sneak off and just like just sit in a fucking fast food place and just eat a burger and just relax I mean especially like That's when you awesome. have kids and stuff sometimes you just take these weird uh, relaxation moments like you make excuses for things that you shouldn't be doing like you know you think it'd be like an affair or like something, you know, party yeah. binge all night. You're like, nah, actually, I was playing pinball and, uh, you know, something that you would want to get busted for, I guess, but yeah. there's still like a shame, shame with it. No, I agree, man. Well, I mean, we can probably fucking uh, wind this down here. Is there anything cool. that I didn't uh, talk about that you want to talk about? No, man, I think it's awesome. You went through the discography. I, I, I forgot that you, like, delved that deep, and that was super cool to chat about all that stuff. You know, it's been awesome to be on the show, man. It's super chill. Catching up, talking about so many things from, you know, bacon, from bacon to bond and beyond. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> actually works dude yeah man uh, it's been an honor man your your show's freaking prestigious and I was listening to it when uh, when I was starting to make tunes and, and I think it's just great to be on such an established show man so yeah man there's like uh, like eight listeners <laughs> that number just dropped to like six you know you have like the, inter- <laughs> yeah. you have like the interactive during, cow <laughs> during the during the Doctor Who conversation that dropped to like one <laughs> seriously 
<laughs> and then we talked to Mortal Kombat and it went up to like four. Yeah. <laughs> so, nah, but it's been awesome, man. So thanks, thanks so much, Andy. Well, fucking keep on making cool music. Rock on. Syntax. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, I'll end on a track here. So uh, I'll play uh, I'll play you out cool. with another track from Transmissions, which I dug. This is a track that's got some energy to it. It's called Vermilion. Awesome. Do you have anything to say about Vermilion before I play it? Just you know, uh, I, I like the synthwave man, so I feel like that's a little on, on par with uh, some of that eighty sound, and that's definitely not going away. Even though you know a lot of my music doesn't have that kind of driving stuff, rhythm, you know, it'll never leave. Eighties forever. <laughs> that was fucking lame. Eighties forever. <laughs> that was lame. Let's play it. Well, fuck her right in the pussy, buddy. <laughs> oh, you ass. <laughs> FCC fine bitch. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. All right, man. It was great talking to you, and you have a lovely day. And here is a track by Syntax called Vermilion. Cool, man. Damn, that was fun, dude. I really appreciate it.
And that was my conversation with Syntax. Uh, he's a cool guy, makes some cool tunes. You should definitely go check him out. And that's all I have to say to you. So I hope you guys have a lovely weekend and uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth. The best synthwave chat show there is. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to hammer this catchphrase home. So tune in next week to the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth. I'm awesome.